Greetings, Northlings, and welcome to Haunted Up North. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for coming back. If you have come back, I presume you've come back if you're listening to this, or it might be your first go. So if it is your first go at listening to Haunted Up North, let me introduce it. Haunted Up North is a frighteningly fantastic podcast dedicated to the telling of real-life paranormal experiences from the north of the UK. I'm your haste, Victoria. Not the Queen, not Queen Victoria, just a peasant. I'm proud to be so. A peasant who really hopes you find yourselves scintillated, scared and, most importantly, entertained by the spectral tales I'm about to tell you today. Actually, it won't be me, really. Uh, I'll be doing a little bit of of, of spectral tale-telling, but we've got a guest on, a good guest on Haunted Up North today, and she's here to bring you tales of good ghosts. She's actually worthy of extreme homage because she's responsible for the up in Haunted Up North. I was originally going to call this podcast simply Haunted North, and she was like, nah, you want to put an up in there, mate. And you know, I'm glad she did, because it's a vastly better title. Just to say, before we begin, we're in my kitchen for this interview today, because it's for social distancing purposes. It's it's the most spacious place in the house. Spacious, spacious. So we're keeping a healthy mm, kind of couple of metres apart, but it might be a bit echoey, is why I'm mentioning this. And there may be a fridge noise. In fact, you can probably hear one already, (laughs) or a car, or a bird, or a plane, or the sound of building work. But I'll try and cut it out as much as possible, or we may just embrace it all, but we won't embrace each other. Me, 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 me. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah's warming her voice up. Yes. Thanks, Hannah. Oh, well, thank you very much for inviting me. Hannah had a scary ride over here to Howarth, didn't you? Yes, well... I'm not very good with directions anyway, but luckily it's a beautiful day and my sat-nav on my phone was okay, but I didn't realise how hilly Howarth is. I mean, I went down a road and it was like the hill of death, which is... <laughs> that, probably... is that is Howarth's worst hill that you went down that I, I yeah. neglected to warn you about, yeah. sorry. Yeah, you were like, oh, we didn't go down that one. I was like, yeah, it was like going off a cliff. So... Fairground attraction. Yeah, and I was greeted by your <laughs> smiley face. So I was like, phew, I've made it. So yeah. Thank so... you. W- would you like to say hello to the listener? Hello. We're being posh today. Yeah. Well, hello. I am not posh and probably the most Yorkshire person that you're going to have on. So hopefully people will understand But what I'm saying that is. <laughs> but I'm thinking... If they don't understand what you say, they haven't been understanding what I've been saying. Well, you're less northern than me. But I'm thinking in recent <laughs> years with Game of Thrones, people might understand northern accents, even the Americans. So, yeah. I'm, you know, fingers crossed. Yeah. We can get through this <laughs> and people will not have to have subtitles. So, so this is my friend Hannah, and would you like to introduce yourself, Hannah? You're a fellow copywriter, yes. you're one of those blasted creative types. Yes. And also a fellow northerner. Yes. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> and you live in Horsforth? I do, yes. So yeah, I'm, I'm from Leeds, I live in Horsforth, which is about two, three miles outside of the city centre. It's quite leafy and green and nice. Horsforth yeah. is lovely. Yeah. So you've told us a bit about Horsforth. Yeah. Tell us a bit about you. Because um, I've bigged you up in I'm hood not, number two. Like, and the listener wants to know more. I don't really know what more I can say, really. Um, yeah, I just write stuff for a living and sometimes write stuff not for a living. <laughs> but you've, you've had quite a few interesting jobs, haven't you? Yeah, I worked, I worked for um, an agency in Headingley, which is also in Leeds. Um, for nine years. So I did quite a lot of corporate stuff, some TV adverts. Yeah, that was really good fun. And then I was freelance for a couple of years, but I missed the bounce. So um, (laughs) I sought out something new and to do something different. And yeah, I got a, a job at a large greeting cards company. And that was meant to be just for a year. And I stayed And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. (laughs) I'm going to cough. So the production company that you worked for, and I actually had an interview there years and years ago. 
But when I went for my interview, it was it was in a really spooky old mansion. And I'm only saying that I went there because I saw the building that you used to work in. Yes. At the production company. And it was it was mega early and misty. And I think it was around around Christmas time. But it was a really spooky old mansion on a dark tree-lined street. And it was really cool. And I remember when I did a bit of research before the interview, it said on the website that the house was haunted. Yes. And I remember mentioning it in my interview and the people who were interviewing me, you'll you'll have known who they were, said that the staff didn't like staying there too late at night because of this ghost or something. But did you ever see a ghost there? I never saw a ghost, but yeah, I did put in quite a few hours there and it did feel a bit odd sometimes on an evening yeah it's quite it's a beautiful building and it's like the last house at the end of a street of equally beautiful buildings i think originally they were divided up into flats yeah but obviously as a business it, it was all converted into one but yeah it's it's quite an old building and you did hear things on a night i mean naturally in buildings You've got things like floorboards creaking and... Especially um, old ones. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I, I personally never saw anything, but I do know some of my colleagues heard things. Like what? Um, just like, just creaking of floorboards, which I guess you could say is just the natural expansion of with changing temperature and things but if i heard a floorboard creak in this house that we're currently in or a door open i'd think it was a ghost yeah <laughs> oh yeah because they, they don't really creak you know you can you know when a house is settling so i've just decided it was a ghost yeah <laughs> i mean i do remember what whilst i worked there they did an extension on the back of the house and it's not it's not ghostly really but like when they knocked the back what's called like wall off to extend back that that just felt really weird because they found like animal bones and things Is in it? there and uh, yeah it was it just felt a little bit macabre oh no yeah so that 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 just felt really weird you definitely felt a, a delineation between the new part of the building and the not the old part which yeah. i know would be obvious but it's like it felt like it was new, but on really old ground, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it was. It was still a bit, a little bit spooky. So, as you might have guessed, the theme of this podcast today is Leeds based, and today you have a couple of stories to tell us. Mm-hmm. One is a family ghost story. Yes. Is it? Yes. And one is a local haunted location, local to you. Yes. So yeah, my so my first story is from my sister. So this happened... In Does your sister live in Horsforth too? She does, yeah. Sorry, yeah. We, we didn't travel far. <laughs> well, I don't um, think I did either. No. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, my sister lives in Horsforth. So this happened in the 80s. I was asking her about it recently just to recap what she told me. So it, the year was 1987, if you can picture <laughs> it, in Bradford. And um, she had trained... To be, she'd left school and trained to be a beauty therapist, and she got a job at a hair salon slash beauty therapist place in Bradford. I think it was near the market, and it, I seem to remember the building is kind of like nineteen sixties, seventies, like two story, very boxy. I don't, I've not been to that area of Bradford for a while, but anyway, so I don't know if it's still there, but but yeah, so that's where she worked. And she used to go out with her friend who was a hairdresser there in Bradford. So imagine the big hair and the very spray-on dresses with scooped backs and fake tan. (laughs) Um, So yeah, they'd go out partying in Bradford. But then rather than get a taxi home, and they weren't supposed to do this, obviously, but they had keys to the salon. They used to sleep in the salon overnight. On the sunbeds, so the old school oh like God. tanning beds, where <laughs> that's you'll... a date. That's a risky game to play. It is. It is well. <laughs> so yeah, the, so they'd lay some towels out and sleep on the. This is like the, a final destination yeah, plot. The, anyway, the sunbed tubes, <laughs> and there were the old school ones where you, you know, you pull it over so mm, you're in nah. like a pod. Yeah, I know. Nineteen eighty-seven. <laughs> So yeah, so that's what they used to do quite often because, you know, it was, you know, the taxi money was 
drinking money. And it's better than walking home. It's better than walking home. It's safer to women. But the Yorkshire Ripper had been jailed. Yes. But the fear well, would yeah. have been rife. Exactly. But also, it's a little bit of a you know, adrenaline rush to do something you're not supposed to do. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so they did that anyway. So one of said nights out, everything went as new- usual and... My sister was getting ready for bed. In the sunbed. In the sunbed room. <laughs> they, they both slept in, there was like, there was like separate sunbed rooms. So in her room, she was getting ready. <laughs> and then she heard a noise outside in the corridor and she looked out and she saw a figure of a man walking down the corridor. No way. And all she can remember is that he had a very wide brimmed hat and she just, she, she had said that she just was like, oh my God, you know, what, what do you do? You know, it's like, you're obviously you're not expecting that. So she shouted a friend, but she didn't say to a friend. Was like, he just stood there? Was he no, walk- he was walking. He was Towards walking. Towards her? Yes. Oh no. Yes. I just so, got really cold then yeah. when you said that. <laughs> so she looked and she, she said that all she said was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then a friend heard her say that and popped her head out of her sunbed room and just saw the same figure. Oh, so she saw it too. She saw it too, but she just went, (gasps) and they both slammed the doors of their sunbed rooms and then sat there for a bit and then opened the door and then there was nothing there. But then my sister said to to her friend, did you, what did you, did you see that guy? And she was like, yeah. So it's not like... My sister went, have you seen that guy? She she just went, oh my God. And a friend looked and saw. So you could kind of argue maybe they were kind of, you could say someone saying that they saw something after being told, but they both kind of said it after yeah. each other. But the weird thing is they stayed there for the rest of the night. I mean, I would have been out there. I'd have been out of there. But anyway, but she never told me about this until about five years ago. Really? She completely... Because she wasn't supposed to be there, and I think she thought people would think, "Oh, it's like ridiculous." But yeah, so that's that's the spooky family story. That's terrifying. So many people said they've seen ghosts with ha- ghosts with hats. Yeah, but um, it's linked to a story that I can't talk about too much on here mm. because it's coming in a later episode. Okay. I was talking to my grandma about an experience that I had something similar yeah uh, but I can't talk about it it's annoying it's frustrating I can't talk about it now and it's something to do with hat man have you heard of no loads of people have had visions of a man in a hat (laughs) either when they're falling asleep right or in vulnerable positions and a lot of people who've seen hat man won't tell anyone else about this hat man like your sister didn't because they're it's invoked such fear yeah and also paranoid no one will believe them well that, I think that's probably it and that's the kind of feeling that people seem to get with hat man yeah that's fascinating I'm not saying it is hat man no, it because people be. see ghosts with hats and it's not yeah. necessarily hat man but it, it's similar to an experience I had frustratingly I can't talk about right yeah. now but I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. But I think when I when this episode, when I, I put it out with my grandma, this will be very well paired with your yeah. sister's experience. Well, it's interesting because before coming on here, I asked her about it again just to make sure I would get an accurate uh, version of, of what happened. And I said, do you remember anything else about him? Yeah. And she was like, no, just that he had a wide brimmed hat. Yeah. And I was like, don't you? And she you... couldn't see any features. No, so that's no. that's a thing no. well, so she, man. So she knew it was a, it was a male figure. I was like, well, did you notice any other clothing or anything? And she was like, all I remember is a wide brimmed hat, which is fascinating. This is so cool. Yeah. So, yeah. But even like when I brought it up, I was around at my mum's and my mum was like, I I didn't know anything about this. What did your mum say about it? Did she say she didn't? Did she believe her? Oh, yeah. Was she into it? Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She was into it. She was like, I've never, I've never, you've never told me this. And my sister was, well, it was, you know, I was a youngster and I shouldn't have been there. But it's just interesting that she, I don't even know why she told me. It got brought up in a relevant conversation. But um, yeah, I was like, that's a long time to not tell someone about that. Sometimes people are so terrified by things, Mm -hmm. they don't want to accept it happened. And so they block it out. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And and that building was built in the 60s, do you reckon? I think it's like Mm. 60s. 70s 
I mean, it might have been 80s. No, it can't have been 80s because it looked old even then. So, you know, it's very just your bog standard, two-storey, high street kind of shop really and so they just went back to bed were they scared and not <laughs> yeah. just like, did they oh, yeah. did they not want to come out of the room again because they didn't know what was there i think they just went to bed and they were terrified but i've, I've missed one part as well because my sister said that the it could be nothing but she said the top canopy of the sunbed slammed down as well oh, no. <laughs> but that could have been just because it wasn't put up properly, but she 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 mentioned that she's like very vividly. It, that's the thing that shocked her the most. It's like straight after seeing that figure and then the canopy slamming down. But I'd have been out of there. There's no way I would have stayed. I but don't think I would have done. I guess they didn't have a choice though, did they? Well, I think the reason why they stayed is because her friend. <laughs> Which is, this is not spooky. This is just like being naughty. She wanted a tan. <laughs> she wanted to, well, she was very orange. Um, but no, her friend was currently living with a boyfriend, but was sizing up another new boyfriend. Uh. And I think it was like an in-betweeny kind of thing. And she didn't want to go home really like all dressed up to the nines and looking like you know she was on the ball sneaky so i think that's i think that's why but even even with that i'd have gone i don't care about your relationship yeah i'm going home it's like you would you really want to stay there had they ascertained yeah not well yeah (laughs) um so they had they ascertained it was not a real person oh yeah yeah she's very clear that it didn't at the time at the time it's not like, it wasn't a real person. Yeah, it's not like... A physical oh, person. A man has broken in. This man is a real person. She said it was very clear it was just a figure, but not like someone who could pinch your cheeks. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what all people who break into beauty salons do. Um, but yeah. It reminds me of that. Have you ever seen that episode of <laughs> Alfie Zane Pet where they stay in a haunted house? Oh, yeah. And, like, one of them, I can't remember which one, sees a ghost down the end of the corridor. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It's a strange thing to have put in Alfie Zane Pet, that, isn't yeah. it? That little, I love that bit. Yeah. Thanks for that. You're welcome. What's your local doorstep ghost? My local doorstep ghost is... Well, there's four ghosts associated with this doorstep place. So where I live in Horsforth, I live, um, there's like two sides to Horsforth and I live in an area that historically was known as New Lay. New Lay? New Lay. How do you spell that? N-E-W-L-A-Y. One word. One word. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that was so hard. <laughs> Sorry, <I don't> <laughs> um, so there's like a, a little bridge called New Lay Bridge. And you used to be able to drive across it, but now it's like a protected bridge, so you can only walk across it. But you can get, so from Horsforth over to like Bramley and Armley. Yeah, I know that area, yeah. Side, you can easily get across. So this is about five, ten minutes walk from my house. And it's called the Abbey Inn. And it's it's technically, if you look it up, it's technically Bramley. But I basically walk over the bridge from Horsforth. And it's there. So I always think of it as Horsforth because it's it's technically like I can I can see it from the boundary. But yeah, it's it's Bramley. Anyway, enough waffle. We don't need to know all that, do we? <laughs> well, no, you're explaining but, why it is. Yeah, your doorstep so, ghost. Yeah. But the the Abbey Inn that refers to Kirkstall Abbey. Does it? Is it that what it's named after? So it was named after Kirkstall Abbey. Um, Which is a Cistercian Abbey, ruined. Yes, it's ruined. It got ruined after Henry VIII basically said, away with all that nonsense, (laughs) because I want to get married. Oh, my wife said. My wife. My (laughs) new wife. (laughs) My my wife says (laughs) that that's not happening anymore. (laughs) Otherwise, don't get any biscuits. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I don't know why I said that. But anyway, um, so yeah, so it's, it's named after that. So... The history of the Abbey Inn is it was built in the early 1800s, but it started off as a farmhouse, not an inn. And then around sort of like 1822, 26, depending where you look it up, it was repurposed as an inn. And that's how it started its history as a drinking house. 
And then around the 1900s, the, the industry started building up around that area. And there was a dye works um, owned by the Whitaker family. And they, that was next door. They decided to buy the inn themselves. I think the thought behind it all, what they said was, it was to help regulate the drinking habits of their workers. Mm-hmm. But, which could have been true. But also you just think, well, you pay your workers and then the workers get the money that you've paid them. And oh, then yeah. they go and spend it in another one of your businesses. <laughs> so it's just like, it's like a money sausage factory, isn't it? <laughs> so, so yeah, so they, they owned it for quite a while. But where the Abbey Inn is, is very close to the River Eyre and uh, Leeds-Liverpool Canal. And sadly, that area saw quite a few suicides. So if anyone wanted to, you know, take their own life, they would either throw themselves in the canal or they would just go into the River Eyre. And it wasn't unusual at the time that bodies would wash up further along and people would just push them back into the river and let them wash down stream because they'd have to deal with them. But they knew if they came downstream, they would be picked up and they would be taken to one of the local establishments. Oh, right. So... Oh, imagine uh, doing that, just pushing a body. Oh, yeah, it's like, oh, I'll push it. Someone will take them out. So the Abbey Inn was one of a number of local establishments that would be temporary mortuaries all right so it's got a history of that so if you went into the abbey inn now in the back there's like um, a pool table that was where the temporary mortuary was really? so if you went if you needed to go for a wee or anything else <laughs> you'd have to walk past the coffins to go use the facilities oh, really? yeah so and i think it was because it's so close to... Um, Being drunk around dead bodies. Oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> um, yeah, so because of its location, that's why it's, it was used as a temporary mortuary and because that's what people kind of did when they'd had enough. They would throw themselves in the canal or the river. Obviously, people weren't good at swimming in those days either. No, I often wonder. It's a morbid thing to think. But you know when you hear someone has committed suicide by drowning themselves? Mm. How do you do it? I don't know, but slight... I guess if there's a current and you're taken away by it. Well, the currents, yeah, undercurrents are very strong. And there's like, there's a bit of um, a weir by the bridge so I can imagine that would sweep the bodies downstream along there and would easily be picked up yeah. by that particular pub. So, but yeah, it was it was very it was very commonplace. Yeah, I don't way. I don't actually want to know. I don't envisage no. myself no. hopefully doing it. But interestingly, my dad used to say to us when we were kids that his granddad slipped on a banana skin. <laughs> And drown in the canal. Oh, this, oh, I did. Well, 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 not used to, we, well, we used to, well, yeah, and we used to laugh. But, mm. And but then, as it turns out, I found out fairly recently because I thought I was just a joke, and he was just being like a dad. I mean, it's not really a dad joke, is it? But it's a bit of a weird joke. Did you tell your odd things to your dad? To dads? Yeah. <laughs> but it turns out that his granddad actually did commit suicide oh, no. in the canal. Yeah, and when mm. when he when he sort of like admitted that, it was like oh, and he was like, well, that's just what people did then, <laughs> it's like, which is crazy, isn't it? So who knows? My great granddad might have ended up in the Abbey Inn. You just don't know. Oh my god! Do you think the banana skin story was a story that your mum told your dad, and he's just repeating it? I don't know. I mean, for... I don't even know why he even mentioned it. I think it was just he just thought it was funny. Maybe it was like to be careful down yeah. by, by the river or the or the canal. But yeah, so so yeah, it's got a, it's got a it's got an interesting history. But weirdly, it it was only the 1950s that it stopped being used as a really? temporary mortuary, which is crazy, isn't it? Because that's not actually that long ago. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, but it isn't now. Thankfully. Good. <laughs> but there's also stories of tunnels 
Ah, oh, bloody tunnel. I know, there's always a bloody <laughs> tunnel, isn't there? So apparently there's a tunnel leading from the Abbey Inn all the way to Kirkstall Abbey. But I can't really see why that would be the case because Kirkstall Abbey, like, you just end up at some ruins. So it's like there's not <laughs> yeah. really any point to that. So I don't know. Lots I... of people say that's true, but I don't know. But there, there's definitely are some tunnels in the area, but that could have been maybe because with the dye works and other places, it might have been an easy way to get like barrels off yeah, that's true. and go through the tunnel. But anyway, so yeah, but onto the, the ghosts. The ghosts. So there's apparently four ghosts. So you've got your classic grey lady. There's always a grey lady. The reason I think... A lot of people, I think a lot of the reason why people refer to a ghost being a grey lady is because the way some apparitions are witnessed mm. are in a kind of haze form sometimes, and that can yeah. appear grey. Yeah. And if you can't see a, a proper physical defined outline, it might, it, I don't know, this is probably in my head that I'm thinking this, that it can seem slighter. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Maybe. It's a, it's a bit it's like, like a wisp or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's yeah. a wisp, but it's a that bit... might be why people revert to a grey lady sort of thing. I think it's also like, I can't think of the proper term for it, but you know like where you look at clouds and see shapes, you're yeah. trying to make sense yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. So it could be that. There's a proper name. But I'm not brainy enough to remember. Oh, the there's name no way I know what. <laughs> so yeah, so you've got your classic grey lady. Then you've got a man with a Guy Fawkes style hat. Hat man. Hat man. Yeah, exactly. Then you've got just your general mysterious cloaked figure. So, but again, I think maybe that's to do with just um, trying to make sense of something. You know, it might not be a cloaked figure. Yeah. It might just be a movement. But you think, yeah. oh, it must be a cloak because you're yeah. trying to make sense of it. But then the one that I would find the creepiest is a voice of a child in the cellar. But I think she sometimes, it's a girl. and Well, I presume it's a girl. And it's like, oh, now that's that's the one. All the rest I'm fine with. If I heard a giggling <laughs> child in the cellar, that would make me pick my pants. <laughs> the microphone can't pick up. As soon as Hannah said a child in the cellar, mm. my eyes went very closed yeah. and my head was shaking. <laughs> yeah, I saw the physical shudder of the shoulders. What is so creepy? I think pre- children you mm. are innocent and yeah. when you associate them with fear, it's worse. Like, yeah. I don't know, I've said this at some point in an episode somewhere mm. that, you know, the poltergeist theme tune yeah. is creepy because it's sung by a child. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, the nursery rhyme, that is creepy because it's you shouldn't associate such things with children, but no. that's, I think that's partly why ghost children are so creepy. I think that's it. You could kind of like, real lady, bugger off, but like, <laughs> small child giggling. <laughs> yeah. So, and but, also you think, what happened to you? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't say well, it like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they just laugh. That's the giggling. Maybe that's it. People, they can sense that you're going, what happened? And they're like, ha. <laughs> but yeah, so apparently... Like bar stools have tipped over mm. and beer pumps won't have turned themselves on and won't turn off, uh, which is a terrible waste of beer. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, that's the most frightening bit. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think like apparently small items like small glasses have been thrown across the room and things. But everything that I seem to have read about it. Like, the bar staff don't seem to be too concerned about it. They're just like, oh, it's... Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel... Even... I mean, I would feel it's not a good thing if if a glass suddenly pinged across the room and smashed. But they're like, no, I don't get any bad vibes from that. So, well, some, yeah. Like, um, in that episode that I did with my mum when she talked about the jar lids coming off the mm. jars, she said, that to me, I'd be like... yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But she just felt at the time she only realised it was something supernatural after the fact, or yeah. and she got so used to not being scared that she just wasn't. I guess. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's like a proper. If you go in, it doesn't. It, I mean, it's got a nice atmosphere. It, it's but it's a proper old school pub. It feels very spit and sawdust. Like but it, but it, but it, but it's it's not got spit or sawdust on the floor. <laughs> I'm sorry, Abby, and you are a very nice establishment. But um, yeah, it does feel very old, and it's it's got very thick 
walls and feels very it's got a very cool air inside so I can can understand why it would be a good place to keep bodies yeah as a temporary mortuary but yeah I think that when I wander into pubs I think this would be a good place to keep bodies (laughs) yeah Yeah. so but I mean I've been in many times it's got it has got a pretty cool vibe to it but um I've I've never really seen anything but yeah so those are the your four your four classic ghosts that are, are around cool so I I didn't know what stories you were going to tell when you came on Haunted Up North. Yeah. But uh, I knew that they were Leeds-based ghosts. Yes. And Leeds is well haunted. Mm. So there's lots and lots of stories to choose from if you're going to talk about Leeds ghosts. And yours were ace. Thank you. Um, but the one that stuck out in my mind most was a story that was once sent to me by a mutual friend of ours. Mm. And it was from a Richard Herring Leicester Square Theatre podcast. And she sent me the transcript from that podcast. And the guest on the show was Mark Gatiss. And he's a fellow northerner. And he he was actually born in Sedgefield, County Durham. And he actually grew up opposite a Victorian psychiatric hospital. Oh, wow. Did you know that? No, I didn't. It's dead eerie and cool. Because I think his... I think his parents worked at one or both of them for something. I can't quite find that out. It all makes sense now. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) The planets aligned. Uh, But Mark Gatiss, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, tell us how many Victorian or Edwardian psychiatric hospitals you grew up opposite, please. Um, But he studied, Mark Gatiss, he studied in his early years at Breton Hall College in West Breton near Wakefield. Yes. And that's where he met the now infamous Steve Pemberton and Rhys Shearsmith. And that college was affiliated with Leeds University. Yes. West Breton is about half an hour away from Leeds. I don't, I'm not too familiar with West Breton. Do you, is that how you say it, Breton? I think so. Is it not near the sculpture park? I don't really know. I'm not sure. I think it is, yeah. But yeah, so that this is a Leeds-based ghost story that he told Richard Herring. And the story that my friend sent me, uh, it was a story about a haunted house that he once stayed in during his student years at West Breton College. Is it college? Did I say college? Yes. Near Wakefield, associated with Leeds University. Yes. And it always stood out as a particularly spooky account. And I'll add it to the source material of this episode so you, so you can listen to it properly later. It's it's episode, if anyone does want to listen to it, it's episode number 49, uh, that's the episode number. But basically what happened is that Mark Gatiss was between houses or something like that when he was a, a young student person. And his friend offered him an attic room, basically squatting in a Victorian terrace, a bit like this one. You know, like, because um, I've looked at it on Google Maps, it's, it looks... Yeah. It's tall and thin. Yes. And spook- <laughs> yeah. quite spooky looking. I think his friend was renting it or something, but let Mark have it for a few months while he was elsewhere in the country or whatever. But it was in Leeds, this house, and he said he had a few supernatural experiences in it while he was there on his own. And so he said he'd, he'd often smell pipe tobacco, which is something my mum's experienced herself in the house that she used to live in. So oh, wow. Hopefully anyone listening has had a chance to listen to that. My partner, he, his mum actually had an experience in a house where she lived at one point where she'd smell tobacco smoke at the bottom of the stairs, the, the main staircase in the house. And each time she smelt it, she'd get the sense of someone standing at the top of the stairs watching her, like the presence of a man. Mm. She'd glance up and she'd sort of, out of her peripherals, see a man. And she's she's actually registered blind as my partner's mum. But she's she's not fully blind, but she... Yeah. It's at the stage, you know, you can't wear glasses and stuff like mm. that. So I always find that a little bit like, imagine if she... What, oh. what would she have seen if she could see properly, yeah. you know? Oh, now that has made me... Yeah. <laughs> and it was always when she was alone in the house that that would happen. Oh. But so so the tobacco smoke reminded me of a couple of other stories I've heard about tobacco smoke. Anyway, this house that Mark Gatiss stayed in, apart from the tobacco smoke, the whole time he was living in the house, he'd feel a very strange atmosphere mm. about the place. And one particular thing that he said that he talked about when he was telling Richard Herring about this thing is that sometimes whenever he opened a door to a room, he'd have the distinct feeling that the room had been full of people who'd suddenly left 
as soon as he opened the door. So we'd open the door and it'd feel like there'd been a party in there or something. And they were like, he's here. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, can you imagine oh. that? I mean, for something like that, it's... That's a big sensation. Is, Not yeah. just one person, like a room full of people had just left. That's that's very specific as well, isn't it? It's yeah. not like, oh, there's just a linger. It's like, oh, yeah. everyone's gone. And it's such a beautiful way of describing it yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, scary stuff can be beautiful, can't it? Yeah, it's it weird, can. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I find them so eerie that they become a work of art in my head. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but one night in the middle of summer... He, he apparently woke up one night to find all the lights on inside the house. So he'd gone to sleep in the dark and he'd woken up and every single light on was in the house. Ooh. And the reason why I'm mentioning it was summer is because the room was so cold that he could see his breath. <gasps> oh my God. That's so scary. I mean, even though I've read this story and heard this story a million times, just, ugh, just, just talking about it, it's but, just like... Ugh. But also, if it's summer... It will be light as well if you wake up. So to have all of the lights on. Yeah. It's light and really cold. Yeah. So we rang his friend the next day, uh, Mark Gatiss, and his friend, he didn't mention it to his friend, but his friend picked up on something in his voice or something like that. And he must have sounded upset or something. And he, he said his friend said to him, have you seen it yet? Oh. And so his friend was like, he said he thought the house was haunted and he, he noticed something in Mark's voice and he was like, ah, something happened. Have you seen it yet? What, what's it? Yeah, exactly. Oh. But they both agreed that something strange was going on in that house. Mm. And then a while after, I don't know how long after, another friend came around to that particular house in Leeds. And this guy was apparently a, a spiritual sensitive or something like that. Mm. And this person said as they wandered around the house, and apparently apparently they weren't told anything about the particulars of any experiences anyone had had. This guy, this spiritual medium called Roger. <laughs> <laughs> what was the friend called Roger? I can't remember. Anyway, someone was called Roger. Yeah. Uh, they didn't tell this medium anything about the experiences. And the, the medium guy got to the attic room where Mark had been staying and said, there was someone waiting on the threshold of your room and they're still there. <laughs> but yeah, that's spooky, isn't it? That is very spooky. I think... Who was it? Why are they still there? What are they doing on the threshold? Yeah, and they're also not saying, like, why they're there. Just think, well, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what just either go in. Or don't. Just like, <laughs> they could be there just like scratching the bum or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't Unless know why it's like it goes a, good. Maybe it's a thing where, you know, ghosts are, meant, are kind of trapped in a snapshot of time. Maybe there's something specific about a snapshot of time. Well, Maybe they went in a room and found something yeah. and couldn't go in. Maybe someone, they saw something bad in that room. Well, that that's, that's one thing that I do think about a lot. You know, are ghosts really just like a replay of something that's happened? Yeah. So you can't interact with them. They can't interact with you. And it's just basically, it's on a loop. Yeah. Or, you know, are they actually sentient? Can they interact? I mean, that's, for me, that's more scary. The fact that if they can interact with you, they're two very different things, aren't they? Creepy. I, I conform to that where... I think it's a repetition of the past yeah. or the future. Because some ghosts have haunted... I think I've said this somewhere else. Ghosts, you can be a ghost if you're still alive. Yes. I mean, everything's energy, isn't it? Yeah. Like, even like a coffee cup is still energy. It's just made up of things moving yeah. against each other yeah. that just are in solid form. So even like... I'm, I'm probably talking absolute rubbish, but... Even if you break that coffee cup and you throw it away, there's still a residual energy from that cup yeah. because of the atoms. So it, it kind of makes sense that with people, maybe that energy goes into physical things. Totally. And that's what's happening. I don't know. I could be talking rubbish. Well, no one knows, do they? But, but that's the thing. No one knows. I mean... But I agree with that. I agree yeah. with the repetition thing and it's a record playing over yeah. from whatever time. Because people, people have seen ghosts from people that are still alive. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a dead thing. And yeah. you know, like the others, yeah, they're just haunting each other, aren't they, from different planes of existence, yeah. the film The Others, if you've ever seen that. Yeah. And I just, I think that. But I know that my dad has had interactions with mm. something speaking to him. Yeah. But that could be, that could be a, a, a mashup of two time planes or... 
It could, or again, it could be the whole thing about trying to find meaning. So yeah. if you may think you're having an interaction, but actually, it's like, you know, when you could prank someone with a phone call where you think that you're speaking to someone, but you've recorded it. So mm. it makes it sound, it could be a similar thing where you, so it, it feels like an interaction, but it's, yeah. it's just, you know. I talk about this in the Patreon episode, which is the second part of my mum's episode. It's mm. my dad and it's on Patreon. And he, he talks about when he, he was like half asleep one night and someone came in the room mm. and sat on the bed with him mm. and kind of cuddled up to him. Yeah. And then it was kind of over. He said it was a real physical sensation and that's yeah. odd, isn't it? But It's interesting because some, some things can be explained. And again, it's like half a tail hammer because I can't remember the technical term for it. But there's a thing where you feel like someone's, this is not the same thing as your dad, but you feel like someone sat on your chest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like, quite often it can be... Um, a monkey. A monkey, yeah, a monkey. <laughs> That's on your back, Vic. <laughs> not on your chest. No, it can quite often um, manifest as like an old crone, like mm. an old lady, which would be terrifying if you feel like you're half awake and there's an old lady sat on your chest and you... Find oh, it difficult right. to breathe, but there is a there is a like a term for that. It's like it's like a half dream state, which well, whether it is or not, explainable. But then there's another one where like you can see faces come through walls. That's another. There's a medical term for that, which again mm. would be absolutely terrifying. But that seems to be. Like, oh, that's explainable, which I'm not sure I would go, oh, yeah, I've given that a name, whatever it is, face through the wall, like, whatever. <laughs> You've just got that. It's fine. I'd be like, well, yeah, that's still terrifying. But it could it could be that some of these things do become explainable, although... Yeah, totally. Some, some would argue that those two examples I've given aren't really explainable. But that's just what it is. It's the unexplained. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to prove the existence of ghosts. But it's unexplained, therefore it's scary and spooky and it well, yeah. evokes an emotion with me. Yeah, it, it, it's something... As a teenager, I remember watching... There was a programme, Arthur C. Clarke's World of Strange Powers. <laughs> and I remember watching that and being absolutely fascinated. But I thought as a child watching that, because um, they were like investigating things and stuff, I thought, as an adult, because, okay, looking back, it probably wasn't very scientific, but because they were trying to investigate and explain things, yeah. I was thinking, right, when I'm an adult, all this stuff they'll know about and they'll be able to explain it. Yeah. And it's like my my childhood self is slightly disappointed that it's still all a mystery. Really? Yeah, because I, cause I, I, was, I was like... Proper. I never wanted to explain. Yeah, <laughs> but I was like, oh, well, but I specifically remember from one of the episodes they had like um, a hotel that was meant to be haunted and uh, someone was walking down they got like video footage Mm. of someone walking down the corridor and they had these very ornate hanging chandeliers and when this person walked under them and as they walked under them the chandeliers started swinging independently and I remember thinking Wow, that's amazing. That's cool. But then it's like maybe you know. Obviously, at the end, Arthur C. Clarke sat there, and maybe one day we'll get an explanation. But for now, you know, mm. I'm like, yeah, I want the explanation because it is unknown. I mean, some would say, well, that was just a hoax, and maybe it was. I can't remember. I don't care. But I was like, as long yeah, as it, it looks scary. It looks scary. <laughs> I was terrified, but as a child, also thrilled by it. Yeah. But thinking, yeah, one day. They'll like will be people will be able to explain it, and it's like it's still the same. It's better having an explanation for something eventually, rather than people saying you imagined something, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's it really. Because then you'll be like, well, I was right to be interested in that thing. Yeah, I think that's it. Who's laughing now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little girl in the cellar. <laughs> She's the still laughing, still giggling yes. away. <laughs> She's probably been on the ale. That's why. She can't handle it. She can't handle it. But yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? As humans, we want to find meaning, don't we? Mm. So we are naturally curious, but we do want to find meaning and attach it. But I also want a bit of an explanation as well. Mm. So Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. 
You can look at that house, uh, the Mark Gay's house, on the internet. But I, I did find the address ages ago, and now I've lost it. But I'm sure it's hidden out there, somewhere in cyberspace. <laughs> yeah, but I had a look on Street View years ago, and it's the en- it's at the end of a red brick road in a cul-de-sac. But I uh, I can't quite locate it. It's not the Wizard of Oz, is it? <laughs> oh no, that's a yellow brick road. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm disappointed that I couldn't find it because I love trying to get. I love trying to find murder houses, which is creepy, really. But every time I do something on Patreon, like a pop culture or a real life haunting of something, I always have to find the house and look at it on Street View. And that's one of the houses that I really liked looking at. And Mm. I can't can't find it. But yeah, if someone wants to find it or can find it, let us know. Did he stay in the house after his friend had said, oh, have you seen it? I don't know. Maybe. He might have had two. Yeah, he was there for a couple of months or something. Yeah, I guess it's better knowing. And I, I guess his friend, rather than telling him it might be haunted, it's better not maybe not to know because then it feels more real. Because that's the thing. If you think somewhere's haunted, yeah. then it might you might more likely say that something's happening. You know, that's that's my problem with like most haunted because I loved most haunted in, in originally. But it's like if you go in and it's dark. And I'm terrible in the dark anyway. So, yeah, I am. Uh, I think if someone said, oh, creepy laughing girl is in the cellar and I'm in the cellar, I'm more likely to think that creepy laughing girl is basically ready to giggle <laughs> in my ear. Um, I'm like that with the dark. You know, when you go to the toilet in the night, mm. I think there is a ghost now. There's just a ghost now because it's yeah. the middle of the night, it's dark. And I imagine things, I think, because mm. my bathroom is at the end of a, a thin landing. Mm. So you can see down the landing mm. and it's dark. And I think, I always say to myself, wouldn't it be creepy if someone just crawled up the stairs and crawled oh, towards oh, me? No. Oh. <laughs> wouldn't that be really creepy, Vic? And then I get so scared and that yeah. I just like, you know, when you're so scared, you run to your bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like that every night. Yeah. <laughs> and I do it to myself every night and I don't know why. It's yeah. so stupid. <laughs> Quick question for you. Yeah. So, um, my stomach just went. <laughs> <Sorry. Yeah. laughs> Where's the bacon?s Where's the bacon?s That's yeah. the question. No, that's not the question. But what if? Okay, let's articulate this properly, Hannah. Derek Akara had a spirit <laughs> guide. Had a spirit guide, Sam. Sam, yeah. What? Who is now with? I presume. Well, this is it because. Is it wrong that my first thought was when Derek Cara died? Well, what's going to happen to Sam? <laughs> because I thought, does he get reassigned? Does he get reassigned to somebody? <laughs> or is it like, well, finally I can go and retire, you know? Do you know what Most Haunted should have done? Mm. The next medium, they should have said, what was that, Derek? <laughs> well, that's it. Because Derek and Sam? <laughs> well, my, f- my first thought was, what's happening to Sam? Like, as in, can he have a rest now? I just kind of imagined Sam every time Derek needed his help, he'd be just sat in the spirit plane having a fag and go, oh God. And then just stab it out in the ashtray and then go, right. And then, what's that, Sam? But then, <laughs> then does he now, has he served his time? Or, like. I now, think he gets reassigned. I think he might get reassigned. Or. But then or he's been, or he's just Derek isn't his only client. Oh yeah, he I could never have clients across the globe. Yeah, he could be a multinational spirit guide, and he might call himself something different. Yeah. Maybe Sam isn't his name. That's just what Derek will feel most comfortable calling him. Maybe Derek couldn't understand his real name. Yeah, he's like, I'll call you Sam. Yeah, he's like, I'm not, I'm not called Sam. Yeah. Actually, he's like, yeah, all right, Sam. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's what he said every time. What's that, Sam? My name's not Sam. <laughs> but also, it's like, imagine, imagine if Sam didn't really like Derek, and then Derek's passed over, and oh yeah, he's like, oh. <laughs> like proper Alan Rickman. He's moved oh. into the flat next door. He's like, oh god. It's like, can you imagine? Or even the bunk bed. They have to share bunk beds. Oh. But um. Oh, imagine, I, I just like, it would be on my dreams come true if, the, like, on Most Haunted, they had a spirit guide who was <laughs> Derek. So their new, yeah. their new spiritual person, it's like their spirit guide was Derek Akara. And it's like, hi, Yvette, <laughs> see, I'm not a fraud. I'm speaking to you from another realm. He used to be a professional footballer, did uh, Derek Akara. Oh, did he? Yeah, before he was a medium. Oh. 
But he said he had super, he had psychic powers, but he was a footballer. And then he fell into the, I think he got injured. Oh, yeah. So plan B was to be a thing. That old chestnut. Oh. <laughs> I do like whether Derek Akora is lying or not. Mm. I'll watch him till the cows come home. Oh. I love, yeah. I love Derek Akora. I loved it in the early days when he got taken over by a spirit in a pub. And he basically nearly fell into the deep fat fryer in the kitchen. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Did and, he? And Yvette, Yvette <laughs> and her husband had to, well, I remember Yvette going, oh, Derek. <laughs> oh, oh. And he was going, head first into the, into the fat fryer. I just want to watch montages now of Derek and Cora getting possessed. <laughs> it was both shocking and hilarious in equal measure. That's like my favourite like, <laughs> moment of most, most Haunted. Apart from Mary Loves Dick. Well, that, that, that obviously <laughs> is the favourite, yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Do you, do you remember when we got obsessed with Most Farted? <laughs> someone had done, someone had cobbled, not cobbled together, it's, I, I don't know, I don't know how you do it. Cobbled mm. is the wrong word. Uh, spliced together yes. loads of clips from Most Haunted and overlaid farting sounds, which sounds so juvenile, but I'll add it, I'll add it to my YouTube channel, actually. Uh, maybe under very funny VT, but I'll, I'll add it because it's just, you'll never get bored of listening to Most Farted. I, it's too funny. I probably laughed way too much at that, I should admit, but I properly had like a stomachache from <laughs> laughing so hard. You know, the silent laugh? Yeah. That's where we are at, and then you just make a little bit of a wheezy noise at the end <laughs> to take breath. That's how much I was laughing at. I'm really sorry, listeners, for laughing so much at that. Don't worry. But, you know, it was funny, and Trumps are funny. Trumps are funny. Those will be. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for that. That was it. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me. It's been fun. I'm sorry you had a, a terror riddled journey. On the naughty, steep road of doom. It's only fitting for a podcast about scary things. Yeah. I'm going to feed you now, I reckon. Yes. Do we have some nom nom noms? So my stomach can stop going... Yes, I would. Like a cat. (laughs) (laughs) There's a cat in there. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Say goodbye to the listener. Goodbye, listener. Remember, listener... If you have any doorstep ghosts you'd like to let me know about, please email hauntedupnorth at gmail.com for a chance to hear them read out on the show. But in the meantime, thanks for listening, everyone, and for letting us inject a bit of Northern Soul into your day. I hope you found Hannah's ghosts to be good ones and that you were suitably entertained by them. Long live the North and all who haunt her, and may her power forever compel you to never presume that Derek Akora was Spirit Guide Sam's only client, and that his name was even Sam. Because we've only really got dear old Derek's word for it. P.S. Derek, we miss you. See you later. Bye!